Hello everyone, this is Zedo Ninja and you are now listening to the Storm Connect podcast, published by the new rebrand name known as the Sigil Arts Network. I talk about gaming topics and animated series of my own interests like Ruby, Kingdom Hearts, Persona 5, Hunter x Hunter, and so on forward. The goal I aim to accomplish on every episode is to provide insights on these subjects that are usually overlooked, to spread awareness, and learn more. If you have not been up to date with our Twitter for the past several weeks, Crunch and I have announced that we would be doing our coverages for our anticipated games of the year, known as the R&R coverage on our Twitch channels. He's been streaming Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I have been streaming Persona 5 Royal. We have completed our playthroughs and are now in the process of producing our dedicated episodes to the games since there is much to discuss with them. The R&R coverage is our first ever special thing we are having for the Storm Connect podcast, so we sincerely hope you enjoy these episodes as we are prepping up for you all for the next several weeks. By the time these episodes are finished, sometime later this year, Crunch will cross over to the Royal World while I will cross over to the remake Final Fantasy World. And when that happens, we will both be together again here to express our thoughts on these said so games. Without any further ado, I will gladly start off the R&R coverage with my non-spoiler review of Persona 5 Royal. Before we could discuss about the front face content of Persona 5 Royal, I must answer this question or these questions which are, what is Persona 5 Royal, is it a continuation of Persona 5, and what makes it different from base Persona 5? Now, Persona 5 Royal is the same as the base game, but not really at the same time. You see, Royal gives the new, clean, definitive edition of the regular Persona 5. If you are very familiar with the Kingdom Hearts series, this is the closest comparison that explains what this is, what purpose it serves. What they did is, they still kept the main baseline of events from the base game the same, but they're deepening the story. This is their way of taking a new approach of telling the story again. There are more additions to the lore rather than changes, and those changes are somewhat little, but at the same time, though, they kind of do make some type of difference here and a little bit more interesting. Speaking of additions, what makes Royal so special is that they added a few new characters and a new palace that takes place after the original story's final arc, so the depth difference between the two is actually quite high. You also get an entire new city to explore and new places to visit to do some leveling up with your confidants and yourself and so on forward that can heavily assist you in combat when you dive right back into the metaverse. Speaking of explorations and the metaverse, let's go a bit about the gameplay now. The first thing I should mention immediately is that Morgana telling you to go to sleep simply just does not exist in Royal at all. Because of this new flexible schedule that Morgana finally for some reason out of his kind heart decides to give you you receive more opportunities to level up your confidants your social stats do some activities and basically what you really need to prioritize to get your shit done in time and this is basically just saying without kawakami's uh max rank assistance so basically you can come back from the metaverse and since you can't really like go out to level up with your confidants and such the most that you could really do for now is to level up your knowledge to study you could do a crossword puzzle, you can make coffee here and there, do um, make infiltration tools, anything that could boost up your social stats or any way, shape, or form that could help you in the future that would make things uh, easier to level up with your confidants and so on forward to what you need to prioritize. So this is a great thing that Atlas blessed us with, so thank you for that. <laughs> so that's going to make the gameplay much smoother and less frustrating to get by, especially to what bonuses that you want out of the other confidants. So it's a great thing. Like, I was able to get my social stats at a rank three around there, roughly by the time that I got to around the second or third palace and such. Just all of them, might I add. So they were pretty easy and a little bit quick to level up too until like you get to the final parts, which is level four and five. So, I'll tell you this right now, it's a great thing that they did this because sure as hell, you are definitely going to need it. The next thing I'm going to go over right now, and this is a personal favorite of mine. I don't really see too many people really talking about this though, but this is something that I personally love. So, uh, in terms of exploration, they actually added Thieves' Den, and it's pretty much your palace. <laughs> it's your cool, stylish, and awesome hangout place to screw around at your own leisure. That's really what it is. 
You can decorate the place as you progress in the story and complete certain requirements for whatever it is that they ask you. You can even change the background music, change it to other characters. You can even play a card game with your favorite phantom thieves, watch movies, certain episodes of the arcs of what's been happening with Persona 5 Royal, and they give you a whole entire selection of that. So even from base game and everything, you can relive the experience. It's all in one place now. And those are just a few things that to list off from there uh, that you could do in Thieves' Den. So if you're the completionist type of gamer, and if you love Persona 5, and especially that they added a new, I guess you could say that it's your since it's your palace, basically, you are going to be thrilled with the challenges it provides you to unlock these rewards. So you'll be able to make your place, your Thieves' Den, be amazing as ever and brag about it on Twitter. <laughs> I'm somewhat the type of person that likes to have everything completed and everything covered, though, but because I think that Thieves' Den is such a cool feature that they added in Persona 5 Royal, I'm actually in it more to complete Thieves' Den rather than platinuming the game. And that's usually some people's priorities whenever they purchase a PS4 game, is to platinuming a game, especially if they enjoy it that much as a personal experience and, you know, uh, to level up their... PSN profiles and such. I'm not really that type of person to do that, though, but sometimes it's like, hey, why the hell not? But... These then, I will say it looks so cool. I really want to see it all and I want to decorate the place a little bit more and such and make it just so cool. Just at my own leisure. It's a little bit therapeutic for me. At least personally for me, that is. So. It might be a little bit too much to ask though, but because that they added this, I'm kind of hoping that they release some DLC stuff for Thieves' Den and what you could really do. I think it would be a cool thing to keep the game a little bit more active and more alive and a much more bigger reason to revisit rather than just New Game Plus though. That's just me though. So to go a little bit more with exploration, we're going to dive a little bit back more into like gameplay heavy stuff. So let's talk about Mementos. I'm surprised by this though, but they actually completely revamped Mementos, so grinding has been less time consuming and easier thanks to the new character that is introduced in Royal, Jose. I know, Atlas is really weird for coming up with a name like this, only to have it pronounced that's not common at all, but I mean, hey, that that's just them though, but creative, very creative workaround with it, I will say that much. <laughs> I obviously can't tell you the role that Jose plays in the royal content, but what I can tell you is that he will be a huge asset to you when you dive into the mementos. He assists you on leveling up quicker, getting more bonuses for money and items, and even changing up mementos. For that, you'll have to see when you play royal yourself. Trust me, you will be happy and show your gratitude towards to Jose for making Mentos a more bearable experience than previously how it was in Persona 5, and especially the revamped stuff that they did with Mementos in general overall. This royal treatment that you are receiving, they pretty much revamped an insane amount of battle mechanics and present you some components that can make you, well, broken as hell up until near endgame. However, with that being said, of you getting the label of broken and overpowered just early on in the game and so on forth as you explore with the palaces up until maybe by like the 6th to 7th palace, I will tell you that they will prove to be very useful to when you rise up to the challenge for the new game content that it's going to treat you later. See... The biggest complaint of Persona 5 in general is that going through these palaces and these long sessions of grinding and mementos and doing your requests is super draining and exhausting, especially if you have not gotten to the next safe room, especially for the long time that you've been fighting amongst with shadows and so on forward. With these new abilities and bonuses that you get out of Royal, as long as you take advantage of the stuff that's been given to you immediately, I promise you, you will not have to have a thought in your mind to get into the next safe room and such just to save. So if you die in battle, you will not have to like worry about going way far back into the safe room of this palace or in mementos and stuff like that. And, you know, getting super tired and frustrated by the time that all your leveling up, your grinding and your persona gaining would be out for a loss because you didn't get to the next safe room. Honestly, you really don't have to worry about that, especially with going through these battles and such, and the grinding and such. It's it's really not that bad anymore. And plus, you have Morgana as the card. You can run over the uh, shadows free in Mementos. They really give you this huge royal treatment, so if you don't take advantage out of it, then I'm not so sure what to tell you. That's just you making it more of a challenge for yourself. 
And those are your highlights to know what Persona 5 Royal is and the surrounding questions of its purpose and its identity. Remember, this is a non-spoiler review of Persona 5 Royal, so understand that I have completed the game and in the process of completing new Game Plus content, rest assured, everyone is still safe here to listen in and not worry about being spoiled of anything, especially story-related heavy. So, before I lay out my more of my fleshed-out personal experience of Persona 5 Royal, I just want to give a quick thank you and shout-out to those that have attended to my Royal streams. It was an incredible, enjoyable experience to share with you all, to the general public out there on my Twitch channel. And I'm actually surprised that there was actually not that many issues at all. Actually, there was not any issues at all going through uh, the Royal experience. Uh, I kind of did a little bit with playing Persona 5, the original, because I feared that many people would spoil me, and there were people that did make those attempts, and let's just say that it was almost an alter experience because of that, though, but it did not hinder my experience at all, and with the royal treatment and such, I'm glad that everybody took it seriously, and not even joke around and such, though, like, everybody was there for the people, even the people that knew of what happens in the story and such, they still kept it respectful and laid out, basically, heavily not to spoil and stuff like that, and to help me really think this through, so it was amazing. I enjoyed the streams so much, and I just cannot wait to share more of that experience a little bit more when I stream basically more of the game with the new secret boss fights, probably, or perhaps just me screwing around, completing Thieves' Dems and such, just so I could get more of the decorations and, you know, the nice rewards that it comes with. So just be sure to keep up to date with my Twitter to know when I'm going to be going live for that again in the future with that. So, you guys will definitely see of my reactions to these boss fights and such, and, like, what this new co game content, uh, plus entails. So, with that being said, now I can get into some parts of my experience that I would love to share in this podcast today. Reliving the Persona 5 experience, but in royal fashion, reminded me why I fell in love with the game in the first place. Like, if you enjoyed Persona 5 at its core, I promise you, you will most likely enjoy the royal experience, and even, like... Be able to connect with it a lot more than how you originally did in the base vanilla game. These new makeovers and additions for this makes it super rewarding. You will want to progress the game even more. Like I was just glued to this so much, more than how I was originally. The game's average length is about like 120 hours, so it's pretty much 20 hours added extra to the original 100 hours from the base Persona 5. And that's just only simply taking your time with it, even if you know certain events that already have happened and such and so on forward. But what I really love about Persona 5 was the fact that it tackled very hard on people's desires, hearts, and especially various walks of life. It's so intriguing and I love it. What these characters are trying to achieve, the protagonists, the antagonists, the side characters and such, it is not so far different as to what people would actually try to achieve as if to what the issues that people are facing internally, externally to this day of our society. And I'm just so happy to say this in this podcast that after playing Royal, Royal achieves that purpose once again and excels that shit with flying colors, no pun intended. Though it took an unexpected turn, which it made things very interesting, it tackles on the aspect differently. So to discuss on how it did that, it would obviously be spoiling or giving it away. So what I can say is that it tackles on another important aspect of all those things I mentioned, but it's more thought-provoking rather than actually hitting card close to home, which it doesn't. It also does it at the same time, though. But it's more like now you're actually thinking about it. It's like. Holy crap, hold on, I need a moment. I actually had to sit down for a moment because it is actually like screwing around with my head because it's like, holy crap, I really have to think about this, especially like as if I was placed into that situation, like how I actually personally feel about this. And the best part about that is that there's no right or wrong answers to that. And I can confidently say with 125% of it, that the new royal content is going to give you a lot of ground to really think about and to discuss among with other people and to what you want to say about it. It's funny though, because that's nearly the same agenda we have here in Storm Connect. We present you the facts about these subjects that we research and ensure that these are fact-checked. Learn all about it as much as you can that the information that is available to us and to you and give you your ground to really think and the freedom to choose of what's on your mind. It's about the open-mindedness of that. 
And that is why we also share our insights and perspectives just to see where people are, like how we come from through all this. And then after that, how we learn later to where other people are coming from to what the root of this core as to what's been presented in front of us. So, and it's just so funny that Royal kind of accomplishes the same agenda as what we're doing in a way. It's, uh, I just think it's just so funny. And the thing is that with Royal, it's going to most likely bring a lot of pure, raw emotion. And of course, yet again, you will have the, well, if I was in that position, I would statement. That will be the beginning statement of that and so on for it. And there's just so much to really go on about that. And that's good. That's like a beautiful thing. And I, I love how it does that so much because there's a lot to think about and a lot to even consider. It's like, well, fuck. <laughs> The great thing that they did with Royal is that they did a lot of great touch-ups on the story. It did not conflict with the story in any way. Though I will say that I do wish that they did more touch-ups on certain areas of the existing main events that I believe that was most needed. But unfortunately, it did not happen. I'm not so sure as to why. The thing is, is that it's hard for me to really see reason as to why it was left untouched. Because after playing Royal to the end, I do strongly believe some events of the story that were flawed beforehand, this could have been their opportunity to make those adjustments or potentially, I guess you could say, rewrite some of the scenes that really would have not changed up the story that much and the characters and, and all. It would have not changed the, the climax and to the end at all in any way, shape, or form. And even if there were to be some small adjustments that were to change it really would not make that much of a difference to how it impacted the story and to how their character interests overall so there's not really much of conflictions of one and the other in any way do not misunderstand me though like i still enjoyed it nonetheless regardless but for the ones that were kind of like flawed that made the story uh, just not in a huge way but somewhat a little bit questionable and knowing of how, like, they redid some things for Royal, uh, and basically for the base game content to deepen the story, I do strongly believe that this could have been their opportunity to make those type of adjustments or even rewrite the scenes. But, I, I don't know. I just, I personally think that, like, just seeing that, it's like, it, it was a wasted opportunity to see that, because it's like, ooh, this could have been the flaw of how it was back then. It wasn't really well received. Maybe this could have been a little bit changed up to... A better twist to it rather than just I guess you could say well what was that what was something that we just witnessed here why did this even happen you know so because like I said it's not really conflicting among with the theme the background that it really gives to uh Persona 5 in general so I'm not really too sure as to why it was just left untouched that way because again like this could have like spiced things up to like retell the story but not conflict with the theme and to what the premises of everyone's objective is here to my knowledge i understand that most of the persona games uh that have received this type of treatment like persona 4 with persona 4 golden and then persona 3 persona 3 fes in some way i understand that i guess that like they don't want to like conflict too much with the changes and such though but because of persona 5 it's more of their most recent creation i thought this would be a little bit more of like a different way to like maybe spices up a little bit more to get a little bit more out of their comfort zone to what they were used to doing for the previous two Persona games that kind of just, well, they popped off three and four. So, and Royal is basically their biggest hit. So I thought this would be like that type of way to introduce that though. But who knows? I mean, that's just kind of wishful thinking. It is what it is though. It's not, it's not bad in any means though, but it's just that it, there were some things that it was, just, that it could have been reworked. To make it really work well and not something that may look like it's kind of half-assed in a way. Another thing I wish that they did with Royal was more voice dialogue, even for unrelated events for the main story. I understand it may have to do with, like, you know, the deal making of the money with among with the actors and such and to how much investments they can really do and what they can really do for the game. But I personally feel like if they were to have more voice dialogue, uh, it, they could have more of a connection and impact to... Like, what of what's actually going on with the emotion of the character's story. Like, certain mini-activities, like the, like inviting the Phantom Thieves to the Jazz Club would be so cool. Uh, certain dialogues that could happen in Thieves' Den and such. 
it's not really something like to consider like a big disappointment because we know where the most uh most of the new stuff went to so it's understandable though but it, it was just uh, like i said another like hopeful wishful thing that they would have like touched upon and because that persona 5 it popped off i thought they would be able to have more investments to it though but i mean again regardless to where all this work went to it's still fine at its core it's okay so other than that without spoiling uh, the game again like that's all i could really tell you about like my concerns and my complaints about persona 5 royal in a way though but nonetheless though it, i still had an enjoyable experience like it's still up there for me like it's a lovable game for me i just cannot detach myself away from it especially to how i surprisingly fell in love with it in the first place and royal like it just reminded me of that reason and i i couldn't be any more i couldn't stress this enough of how much i just enjoy that game so much and especially like just even talking about it when well the game's over you know i love the crew i love the story i love the antagonist setups and everything that was uh filled in the contents of persona 5 it's just like i've never felt so connected in a way like that to a video game it was definitely a brand new experience for me at least that's just how i feel like i don't think this is just a video game this is like an entire experience and that's why i'm very curious and i am actually like very intrigued about people's perspectives of the game and such into like what they actually think on that i would love to hear uh, a lot of people's takes on that. Now, going around with a little bit of the lore and such, I want to talk about some new additions of the royal characters, and I'm going to start that off with Kasumi Yoshizawa. Kasumi Yoshizawa is a very interesting character, and I'm not going to lie at this part, but she's actually quite easy to adore pretty quickly. Alice really wanted to make her the selling point of royal, which in a way, it did accomplish that objective, However, in my own personal opinion, I personally think she's not all about that extreme hype as they make her out to be. But it's like, oh wow, you like you actually enjoy talking with her. You actually enjoy her company and such. Like she's actually like super cool and all, you know? It's not something like super like so hyped up to be about or anything like that though. But it's like you like if you see her around stuff like, oh my god, like yeah, that girl, I love her. Like she's so great and such. Like you know, she's one of us. Like she's cool. Like you know what? L let's talk. Let's have some tea and such. You know? It's just suddenly, personally, I think that she's not all about that extreme hype, though. But I will say that, like, she's she's definitely a great character. She really is. Though, I do personally wish that she appeared more for the main story and such, rather than just having these small additions here and there. Since she's pretty cool, and then we just don't see her for, like, another god knows how long. Three, three weeks to another month and such. Um, and plus, like, she's really cool, too. So it's like, I, I don't mind, like, seeing her around more often, too. The one thing I was really worried about for them introducing Kasumi Yoshizawa was the fact that she's going to get the Haru Akumura treatment to where she just gets randomly squeezed in because of new content and stuff like that though. But to my surprise, she actually was fleshed out pretty well from the start to finish. So she definitely does not feel like that she was just randomly squeezed in just for the sake of plot, you know? And it's like what I mentioned earlier, it's stuff like that where I'm just like, like even with Haru Akumura, like she was kind of like undershadowed because of the drama that Ryuji and Morgana have by the time that they were about to enter to the fifth palace so it's like if they were to flesh out Haru a little bit more the same way of how they did with Kasumi I think I would probably have much more of more care and more attention to Haru just like that because it was hard to do that especially when we were about to approach the climax of the story but thank goodness the concern for Kasumi Yoshizawa was lifted after for having this experience with Royal. And especially going through her confidant as how you actually present, uh, pro progress through the game. And then learning about the events of the new content of Royal and such. Uh, it really puts it to a lot of perspective of like, wow. Like, it's like this is somebody who was just chilling around and stuff like that. Like, you know, it, a very enjoyable confidant a very enjoyable character to just hang around and such just for you know to kill some time though and then later whoo i can't I, I can't explain that part because that will be spoilers so anyways that's tea that's all i could really discuss for kasumi yoshizawa so i'm going to move on to the next character uh takuro maruki 
So Takuro Maruki, the counselor that was appointed after for the events of the Kamoshida case, he only appears there for a semester. And going through his confidant, he was actually pretty enjoyable as well. And I promise it's not only because of the snacks and the buffs and the metaverse abilities that he provides to me. I'm just saying that there's definitely more to that though. But you know, the snacks and the buffs, they, they do kind of be looking nice right now. But anyways... <laughs> I don't know what it is about Royal adding these characters though, but they are doing such a good job of like fleshing out the characters' stories and to like getting to know them better, their personality and stuff like that. It's actually really enjoyable to just, you know, just to chillax, kill time and learn about them more, you know? It's already understandable like why Atlas makes it a selling point to like why they we should be investing into these characters, but the game actually gives you more of a bigger reason as to why you should be invested, uh, invested into the characters to begin with. So, not only you get the great benefits out of him and such though, but you get to chillax and you get to like really enjoy to what he has to say and what how your guys' bond is going to deepen and like where is this going to take you and him together. I strongly suggest that for Royal, especially like even if this is your first time playing up the Persona 5 game, I will say that if there is a chance to deepen the bond between with Kasumi and Takuro Maruki, I you should take that advantage out of that quickly as possible. Now, this is a crucial detail that everyone must know, especially if you want to get to the new royal content. So, and I'm going to emphasize this, as I mentioned earlier, if you want to get into the third semester and for the royal content, you must, and I mean you must absolutely max out the confidant with Kasumi and Takuro Maroki and for I guess it's not exactly required but like you do need this uh, type of bonus with it especially if you want this to help you out a little bit more uh, for a proper story flesh out you max out Akechi's confidant rank as well before um, before you get to the royal content you have that time up until you get to the gambling palace and once you send the calling card for the gambling palace there's no turning back from it so make sure that you get that done especially if you want to reach that new content otherwise you're not going to get the full treatment of it i know in a way it does seem look questionable at the face it's like oh my god like why do i have to complete the whole base persona 5 just to do all this shit and to max out like why do i have to do these certain requirements such just just trust me when i say this though you will be rewarded for it. You will be rewarded for not only for unlocking the third semester, but for the content that is going to provide you with that. I promise you, you will be heavily rewarded with that. And like I said, going through the game now is much easier and less draining than to how it was previously in the regular Persona 5 though. Like now, like you still like you're you're even more motivated and devoted to putting in the time and the hours of going through the palaces and such and then getting to what the story really comes into. And I promise Royal does achieve that in a very great fashion way. So I know it may seem like a little bit much though, but again, you have all the time to complete all that. And again, it's not going to be like a a really like difficult time of being devoted to the game especially for being drained after going through one's palace and such and so on forth so it'll be easier for you i promise you that for the royal experience unfortunately this is as far as i can go to talk about takuro maroki him his role as a counselor has been you know in this review of persona 5 royal so if you have already completed the game and stuff like that, you can just look forward to the, um, the next episode of the R&R coverage for me and my part for Persona 5 will be the actual spoiler review, the whole on raw uh, thoughts of everything that has happened and stuff like that. Because as much as I would love to say more about it, that you guys are in for a treat. I will say that right now. You guys are in a treat and that's something that you guys will have to understand with Takuro Maruki, Kazumi, Jose, and all these characters that are involved with this um new story well i wouldn't say new story though but this revamp story and the new content there we go that's the better way that i would like to describe this so there's that now i have received certain questions regarding for persona 5 royal for my personal experience from it from the storm clansman discord server uh, uh by the way if you guys have not joined into my discord server and such you could check out to my at edoninja hg on twitter uh, my pinned tweet has all my links there and to my server as well. So, um, even with the show page at, um, 
at kingsize.life, you'll be able to find it there. So, all the information that you need to know and such, uh, to get to the server and stuff like that, and to participate in all these things, you will be able to most likely, uh, get all that information and such, and be a part of the growth as well from there. So, I recommend that you don't join in the server and such, so, uh, with that being said, they provided me some questions that they wanted to, uh, hear from me. Uh, even, like, after, for me, completing Persona 5 Royal, like, on stream and such, since some of them did watch it, they also, like, since this is a non-spoiler review, uh, episode for the podcast, they want to hear me of what are some general ideas of what I liked about this a little bit more in a more, uh, direct question type of way. So, I'm gonna be doing this Q&A thing for this episode and for the spoiler review episode as well. So, if you guys have any questions that you want to know about Persona 5 Royal and such, what you could do is head over to the Storm Connect at Storm Connect E-N and you could type in your question to me while you tag that Twitter account below and stuff like that and I will be able to answer that question through the, um, the next podcast episode and such. So, basically, anything that you want to ask me about Persona 5 Royal, that in terms of spoils the game and such, you could ask me through that Twitter account and it will most likely be there. But I got these questions for the Storm Clansman Discord server, so they genuinely want to know of what my thoughts are. So, I'm going to flesh out everything else a little bit more in the direct way uh, from this point on. So, the first question that I have here is, did you find it easier to level up your social skills and your confidants throughout the experience of Persona 5 Royal. I can firmly say yes to that. The leveling up system for the social skills and stuff for that, like I mentioned earlier, they can level up pretty quickly. And at this point, like, I think for Royal, you might be able to max out all your confidence on your first run through. That's how much of a benefit that you're receiving out of this, actually. And again, it's all thanks to Morgana telling you not to go the fuck to sleep immediately. So you'll still be able to have a lot more opportunities to take care of everything in time. And again, if you get if you max out Kawakami, you'll be able to get the massage after you go to the metaverse and stuff like that. And then guess what? Max out. There you go. Rank up. All easy for you. The next question is, did you feel like you had enough time to do everything in a palace? So, I just want to mention this for everyone, uh, for those that especially have not played Persona 5 at all in any way, shape, or form. Uh, sometimes, day one, completing a palace in one day is actually difficult, sometimes, especially for new player experiences. Um, it's almost even, like, hardly ever possible to uh, day one a palace for the first palace, Kamoshida's palace. But as I said, they made this experience a lot more easier. And like I said, you get a lot of benefits out of this with this royal treatment. So it's definitely impossible of not completing the palace in the first day. And pretty, and that's only if you're just that irresponsible of not taking care of yourself and your fantasy members and stuff like that. So uh, with that being said, though, there is plenty of time that you could do everything in the palace and such, uh, even inside the palace, and then basically in the time frame between uh, doing everything that you can before changing the hearts of the supposed target that you have. So you actually get more time than how much you actually had in the base Persona 5 game. Question 3. How did you feel about the reworked slash new confidants of Persona 5 Royal? So, I'm going to be straight up honest about this, um, for the confidants that were pre-existing to Persona 5 that have carried over to Royal, I am going to say that some of the confidants in Persona 5 in general, they were not exactly an enjoyable experience. Uh, like, even just getting to know them, it's like, I almost just have a hard time really caring for them. And I just wish that some of them would have, like, I'm not saying that, like, they should be totally, like, reworked. But at least, like, to make, like, maybe, like, add a few things or, like, change up a little bit of something. Not drastically, but that would still keep the character intact. I just wish they got that same treatment as for some of the characters that actually are brand new to Persona 5 and the Persona series in general. And basically, the one only confident that's actually been completely reworked was Goro Akechi. And I'm gonna say this right now, the the phone calls with certain members with the fantasies and stuff like that doesn't exactly sell that point to like making it deeper than it really is for them. So I will say that like that that was a good attempt at how they did that. That's a nice touch that they did. 
but I feel like that there could have been some type of rework around to some of the characters that would probably probably bring in some new sides of them and new like shedding a little bit more light of these characters of their personal stories. And which, I mean, to be fair, I guess it would make sense the reason why they were left untouched that way. So I'm not really give too much, I'm not going to give too much flack about that. But I just wish that like maybe there would have been a little bit more than just simple phone calls and such, you know, to talk about the matter after hanging out and such. As I expressed before, the new confidants that were introduced to the characters with uh, Kasumi and uh, Takuro Maruki, they're extremely great confidants. I enjoyed them to, with my heart's content with them. I think that they're really, really great additions to Persona 5 Royal. And they, like I said, they don't feel like they were just randomly squeezed in for the sake of plot and whatever. There was a little bit more to it that it's like, oh wow, like you're actually so cool to hang out with and such. And I'm learning a lot more from you and you're not, you know, someone that I just want to punch in the face just randomly just by talking to you. So expressing that, now let me get to a little bit more about the reworked confidant and that's Goro Akechi. Now before that, I actually like give my thoughts about Akechi for Persona 5 Royal, the reworked confidant. I am going to mention this now. I should mention my base background of my thoughts of Akechi when he was presented in Persona 5. And I hardly ever express this, uh, unless you're in my Discord server, then you would know how I would feel about Akechi. But if you're not, I am going to state this right now. I am not the biggest fun, uh, the fan of Akechi in Persona 5. And if you want my own personal opinion, I think he's one of the worst written characters of Persona 5 in general. Learning about Akechi from the start to the finish, it changed drastically. Like, I just, I wanted to know of where things were going with Akechi initially. And then when I got to that, I'm just like, wow. Yikes. Not a huge fan, unfortunately. And I believe that he's one of the characters that, I that had so much great potential. And to how he was portrayed off from... Uh, when things started to, like, start to hit the fan. I think it was just perfect, but it, it was just all wasted later. And I'm just like, what, what happened? It's just like, really? That's it? That's what there is about you? I, I don't know why. I just have a hard time, like, actually, like, caring about you or liking you. It's like, why are you, why are you here? Come on. I'm not judging him from the role that he played off from Persona 5. I'm judging to how he went about it to play as that role that I just, I can't look the other way and just call it that it's good. I'm sorry. It's, it's just hard for me to really accept that and to, for me to understand. It's like, that, that, that was it? Wow. I just, I was really disappointed to where that potential led to his downfall of his character. It was just hard for me to even enjoy his character overall. I'm just like... Okay, well, um, glad that you're no longer on my screen. So I'm going to say this right now. I'm not the biggest fan of Akechi uh, Persona 5. But I am going to say this right now. With them reworking Persona 5 Royal with his confidant, for some odd reason, I actually was able to enjoy his character like originally than how I did in base Persona 5. And I think it was best that they actually, like, made me want to spend more time with Akechi and such, because I was able to enjoy the rivalry between him and Joker. And I honestly feel like the nature of Akechi has shifted in a way that it's more true. And I feel like, like wow, like, I feel... It, he's still the same character, obviously, though, but, like, we are seeing... We're exhibiting, like, the other side of him that seems more honest. And it slowly comes out a little bit more as you rank him up. And it's just, this isn't some pure bullshit raw thing that I got when I was forced to rank him up through me progressing Persona 5 in general. And because that they make it more optional to rank him up later, you know, I was like, wow. Like, just spending time with Akechi and such, I think it was much more better that they made it this way rather than just make it in a forced story. Because again, like, he was there for the story and such though, but you don't really get to actually spend time with him. And I personally believe because that they added this death to his character, I think this was able to like fix some things about Akechi that I just previously did not like before about him. I will say that this is probably like the most enjoyable time that I've ever actually had in Akechi overall. 
So, to determine my verdict of Akechi, I will say this, I do not like base Persona 5 Akechi. But I enjoy very much of Royal Akechi. I hate to say this though, but after playing Royal from, like I said, the beginning to the end, and with keep in mind of Akechi and all this, I don't think he's actually been quote-unquote fixed to that extent to where like he's actually a good character now i would say the most i, I could really describe of his character of royal akechi is the fact that he had more of a rebound rather than like you know this is a redeeming points of akechi um and you'll see what i mean by that like if you play persona 5 at its core already you will understand what i'm trying to say about uh royal akechi and such and if not I will gladly go more in-depth to it by the time I make my Persona 5 Royal Spoil, uh, spoiler version of my review. So, like I said earlier, it's more of rebound to make it a little bit more enjoyable, though. But as to, in terms of actually fixing him and such, though, it, I don't think it's still there, though. But at least for the time being of how he was in Royal, I will say this is the most I've ever enjoyed having Akechi. I actually liked talking to him and such for the... Uh, for those time frames that was available to me. There's actually so much to talk about with Akechi, which, like I said, this is like the abridged non-spoiler version of it. So, uh, you'll just have to stay tuned and wait for the spoiler review once you guys are willing to come back to that. So, stay tuned for that. The next question. How did you feel about the touch-ups to the game? Were they noticeable? The touch-ups were extremely nice. And I can't say that they were definitely noticeable. Like, even the smallest change that they have made to certain things of the story or, like, you know, with gameplay and stuff like that, it actually does change the game a little bit to that degree. I wouldn't say, like, drastically, but, like, there's, like, a good difference. And it's, like, kind of nice. It's like, wow, this is a little bit more smoother, enjoyable and such. It's like, all right, I'm 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 in this ride. This is so nice. And that's how I pretty much felt about this whole royal experience of these new touch-ups that they did. Now, the one thing I'm just saying I wish that they kind of did was uh, how they advertised Persona 5 Royal. Like, the, the graphics are for how they advertised it was a little bit different to how base Persona 5 graphics were. So, I just kind of wish that they kind of updated that a little bit to complement what they advertised, though. That's just me. This is coming from a graphic designer. So, I'm kind of like, m my graphic design elitism is, you know, triggering right now. So, that's why I'm just like, so, so where's that gold shine? <laughs> So, but again, it, it's just me being picky, you know? <laughs> but speaking of touch-ups, I do want to talk about this one favorite battle mechanic of mine uh, that they did that was touched up just nicely. And I have to say that besides the new battle mechanics that they introduced for Persona 5 Royal, I will say the best touch-up that they've done was they enhanced Baton Pass. They actually redesigned the Baton Pass at its core of its mechanics and its functions. So, it's actually a lot more better and super, super helpful now. They even added this badass flame effect if you are able to successfully Baton Pass to another teammate of yours. And as more, more you get onto it, it's just so cool. And I'm super happy that they redesigned this battle mechanic. Like I said, it's my number one most favorite battle mechanic that they retouched on and uh the the new aesthetic to it the new design workaround to it and such so like doing getting hitting people uh hitting the shadows with their uh affinities that they're weak to and such it's so much easier and especially doing major damage to going to each other phantom thief member and such it's like so cool shout out to takeover by the way I think it resonates so well with that, and especially doing your all-out attack or however else you want to do it, though. But it, it's just actually so cool. Um, and uh, it's good that they did this because in base Persona 5, what they did is that you have to level up your confidants to get, earn the Baton Pass. But what they do now is once that Phantom Thief member is introduced to your team, you already have the Baton Pass with them, though. But what they do is that... They now basically put Baton Pass as a level-up system, and that's where the city of Kichijoji comes in, because you have to go to that city and such, hang out with your confidants, and you basically level up your Baton Pass from there. And what it does and what benefits you get out of that is super good, and it's, like, it's crazy. The 
HP recovery, the SP recovery and stuff like that, the skill costs and the damage, it's like, whoa, they're they're about to be broken. <laughs> what is this? The Tom Pass has never been so much cooler in this game, and I'm just I'm even surprised of how much I actually like this battle mechanic now. So, um, but yeah, that's all I really just have to say about the touch-ups and such, though. But I just I just wanted to specifically mention that gameplay mechanic part, uh, Baton Pass, because that was, like, probably the best touch-up reworked around system that they did with it, though. So, um, now we can move on forward of uh, question five. Thoughts on the new music that was introduced to Royal? So, I'm over here... I think the Persona 5 soundtrack is already a 10 out of 10, and then I hear the Royal music, and I'm just like, how in the complete fuck do you go from a 10-10 soundtrack to me to a 20 over 10? I love the... Like, again, it's even... It's just only, like, 20 new soundtracks, and some of them have uh, Lynn, the singer, for the Persona 5 soundtrack. Uh, for some of the soundtracks that she um, sang in, she... She just goes off. I don't know what it is, though, but Atlas really had her pop off. It's so good. And again, my top, like, my number one favorite from her is TakeOver. And I'm just like, whoa, like, this is so much more badass. I loved it. I love this so much more than the last surprise. So TakeOver, hearing this, and me just doing my regular fights, I'm like, whoa. Whoa. And I don't know, like, like, even though I say, like, TakeOver is my number one favorite, Sometimes I will, like, whenever these moments play of the story or to the uh, places that I go to, I just have a hard time. Like, what is, like, my top favorite music from her? Because it's, like, for Royal, like, she's so good. For Bass Persona 5, I have my personal opinion of, like, how I would rank my songs and stuff like that, though. But in Royal, I'm just like, which one do I pick? They're all good in its own way. I just, she, she stepped up her game. Seriously. I don't get it. So, you know, with her, you add her, and they add this fire new palace, uh, the new palace's theme music, and the new music for other things that plays in the moments in the story and stuff like that, and the ending theme? You could ask my server about that, they'll tell you how I react. <laughs> Anybody that knows, uh, of how I reacted to the ending and such, and hearing Lynn say, oh my, wow, that- like, like I said, she definitely popped off for Royal Music, and I just... Wow. It's so amazing. Question 6. Did you enjoy the Velvet Room Battle Challenges? <laughs> so, um... Obviously, uh, I will say it's cool. You also get these uh, cool prizes that could prove to be beneficial to entering into the metaverse, obviously. But, obviously, I think the, I only really came in there because the, I bought this for DLC, and this was pretty much a selling point for people to buy this DLC, but I only came in there for the Persona 3 and the Persona 4 protagonist boss fights. Well, they're not boss fights, though, but, like, they're Velvet Room Challenge fights. I haven't exactly done it at the max difficulty, so I do look forward to that, and I'm definitely, like, I've already, like, 1v1 these protagonists, so I definitely want to do that again, but at max difficulty this time and see how long I last. So we'll see where that takes me. I might do that on stream as well, so, like I said, stay tuned for that. It's actually pretty enjoyable, especially to how the Twin Wardens last about Menza, how they react to your, uh, progress and your, um, yeah, pr pretty much your, um, stats of how you did in the fights. Question 7. How do you feel about the price of Royal itself overall, and especially with the prices of the DLC, the separate and or the full bundle? So, here's the thing. There's been many controversy discussions among with the pricing of Persona 5 Royal, especially for them re-releasing the same game, but in more of an enhanced version of it. And there has been some controversy believing that it should have been DLC and stuff like that. The price might be a little bit too high for uh, a game that they're technically replaying and stuff like that. So, I will say this, um, if you, and I'm saying that if you really enjoy Persona 5, like if you really, really do, I will say investing into the $60 is worth it. Um, I will, like for me, I will say the fact that like, it might be a little bit too overpriced, especially the fact that like, it's not entirely new to a degree. So I could see why there's a lot of people that make the arguments of like, oh yeah, well like, this this should have been DLC and stuff like that. I could see that. I, I honestly understand why 
that's being said, but I could also see why it was released in the same way. A lot of people made the complaints. It's like, oh, well, they could have just totally revamped it to how it was. We're not living in the old times anymore. We're now living in the new days and such. I feel like there's a lot of uh, differences that they did with this game that could not be easily like just simple DLCs and patches and so on forward with that. So in a way, I get for what they did and such though. Like I said, I understand about this whole pricing and such though, but for it to say for DLC, I think that they did a lot that I think it's like, I get why they release it as like a new game, as a new disc instead of like, you know, an update to like something that you could just go into going for Persona 5 and then to the Royal Experience and such. So I get that. So what I'm saying is the fact that like if you are really dying to know the contents of Royal and if you really can't wait, I will say that it's still going to be rewarding either way, price drop or not. But I can understand some people are willing to, they want to wait on the price drop for that, and, and it does make sense. And as for, like, the bundles and everything that contains with it, I'd say it was definitely worth the money for it, I will say that as well. However, for the digital versions, such for what's been priced for the DLCs, I think they're okay too. Uh, I saw that there's an ultimate bundle for it, which, it, again, it's almost at the price of 100 that, in my opinion, might be a little bit too much, though. But honestly, again, at its core, you the only thing that I feel that's really important is the free DLC that they give you the benefits for playing Persona 5. That, uh, doing the challenge boss fights with uh, the protagonists of Persona 4 and Persona 3, I feel like that that's worth it. And again, if you're just a sucker for costumes and stuff like that, be my guest, though. But if you want to go get Personas as the DLC and such, I think... You really should not be wasting your money on that. Like, if you want to just be broken just because for bragging rights, then be my guest. Like, go ahead, though. But I will tell you, for what Royal gives you, you definitely will not need that, though. But hey, if you want to complete it and such, uh, to have it in your Persona Compendua just for the fuck of it, I mean, hey, go ahead. It, that's still cool, you know? So, um... But yeah, no, but I, I believe that, like, I understand that the controversies with the pricing of Persona 5 Royal, and I actually previously talked about that with uh, my uh, podcast episode to where there was a lot of comparisons about Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind and Persona 5 Royal because they're almost kind of in the same situation such, which, again, it it's all up to you of how you're satisfied with the content of what you're receiving and stuff like that, not to the amount of content that you're receiving out of it, so... That's really up to you to really decide that on your own. And that's kind of like, again, to each their own type of idea. So just for me, at least, it was well spent. It was definitely well worth it. And I enjoyed the new content that Persona 5 Royal, they gave me. And especially with the new additions that they did for this game. So I, and I, plus I would not mind as the ideas that I said earlier, I would not mind if they do more DLC updates. It really depends on how they really go about it. So we'll just have to see of where that takes us in the future. So question eight, if there was anything in the game that you wish you could change, story, gameplay, mechanics, what would it be and why? I would say how, how Royal changed Persona 5 to do its touch-ups and enhancements. I will say that like it did a good job to covering for the most part of how they handled the gameplay and stuff like that, everything that, uh, that was asked here. But what I will say, the fact of what is still apparent, I feel like the way that Royal could I would want to change in Royal is how they do their confidant system. I like the idea of it because I understand like the way to get the benefits and stuff like that though. I just wish that they would have more like involvement in some way to the story. Like I want to learn more about the character itself. Like that that is okay. But it's starting like sometimes it does start to seem like it's becoming a chore just so that you can get this benefit that you can have to benefit in the metaverse and you know again to get their award for in Thieves' Den. I would not have minded as much if those characters that were already existing for the Persona 5 that were carried over to Royal, I would not mind it as much if they kind of got that same treatment though, but it just kind of seems like it just stops from there. So I feel like they, it's like, not, it's not the fact that like, I would want their stories to somewhat change in a way that like still keeps intact with their character though, but it's just that the concept of how it works, I would definitely want to change that, you know? And by the times that you do want to actually genuinely hang out with them on your own time and stuff like that are like the days that you want to, um, that you just want time to kill and such. And again, like you don't have to worry about living up somebody, especially if no confidant is available that day, you know? Especially rather than stressing that when if you see that confidant is at a certain location and they're not available to rank up and they're just still blue, and instead of relying on somebody's skills 
to force the confidant to rank up and such. It's it's I just think it's kind of like a very poor mechanic, especially like if you make the wrong responses and stuff like that. I just don't feel like it's really connecting that way. So I would personally try to change it to that aspect. I most definitely. Question nine. How do you have the energy to do multiple playthroughs of Persona 5 in general, and now including Royal, since this is basically probably your fifth or sixth time replaying the game as a whole overall? Now, here's my thing. Uh, for me, personally, the reason why I do my multiple playthroughs, sometimes I do it for other people and such, just to, like, get... For them to see, like, grasp of, like, what this game really is and such. Uh, not only if it's for the New Game Plus content as well, though, but the reason why I love replaying this, this game so much is to relive the moment. And for me, personally, I just feel like I just... I, I feel more... Like, I connect with it more of, like, actually playing the game and reliving those moments, rather than just watching the video online through YouTube and such. And it's like, actually getting to that point and making the decision myself and such, though, I just feel more engaged that way. And the connection between Persona 5 and I, it's still alive in there. And it's not stronger because of Royal now. So that's why, like, I have been able to keep up with such the energy. That I guess you could say, since this is about, like, my fifth or sixth time playing the game, if you want to include Royal about it, I probably have put in about 500 to 600 hours of Persona 5 overall estimation. And also, I kind of live living up into the stress of, like, okay, I gotta think, what, what should I do in this? What should I do for Joker? What should I do for Ryuji and stuff like that? All these other characters. I love, like, thinking about it with my own tactics than rather actually seeing somebody else do it. After I play the game, I just love, like, doing it again and probably, like, you know, reworking around a different strategy just for my own personal leisure time. Uh, I don't know how that really works for me, though, but it's, like, something that, like, I usually keep in consideration. It's like, wow, I'm actually, like, really thinking about this too hard than I normally really should, though. But it's a personal satisfaction to me and, like, something that I just love doing as a whole for this game. So that's why I've been able to keep up with its energy and such to just relive it. And uh, also replaying it in front of other people, among with my personal friends, to see how they actually feel about it. And to see if this will open them into the game or not and such, or how they would feel about this and such. If it, even if they were not to get into it. It's just a fun thing that I just personally like to do. And now, finally, question 10. Is it acceptable to not play Persona 5 and jump right into Royal? I'm going to be 185% honest with you about this. I encourage anybody to skip Persona 5, jump into the Royal experience. And I say this is because that even though like it would be nice to play Persona 5 at its core to what it was so you can compare of like how the differences were, I do feel like to an, to an extent I do feel like you should at least know what happens in base Persona 5. And the best way that you could do that is either you could watch a uh, walkthrough on it though, but the, be the best way is, is just playing that game though. But like... As long as, like, you know, like, what goes on and such, and what, like, has been, like, uh, the differences between there and Royal, then good for you on that, though. But again, to have this whole good experience of Persona 5 overall, if you want, if you just want to have the best Persona 5 experience overall, just in general, you do not have to play Persona 5 immediately. You can just skip through that and go to Royal. I encourage anybody that goes through this, because I feel like people would... The, a lot of the complaints I hear from the new players is basically, like I said, the draininess, the exhaustion, and you know, difficulties of being devoted. But I feel like with Royal, it will give you more of the motivation this time and have a much more easier and more fun experience to get through the game and such and have you more devoted to seeing, ooh, what happens next. Even though it kind of accomplished that in Persona 5, there were some flaws to that though, but I feel like some of those flaws were definitely fixed for this Royal treatment and it will definitely, you will be able to enjoy it with your heart's content. I encourage that, so... This pretty much concludes my non-spoiler review version of Persona 5 Royal, and I hope that I accomplished the way of introducing to anyone that's not familiar with Persona 5 Royal or consider of actually playing Royal and stuff like that and wanted to hear something that's like not like spoilery. So I hope this podcast episode gives you a little bit more of insight and light to how I really view of it from a personal fan of this game. So that pretty much concludes it all, and that will be all for the podcast episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the first episode on the special R&R coverage. My next R&R coverage episode will be the spoiler review version of Persona 5 Royal. 
I will be doing another Q&A for that episode. So if you have any questions regarding this game, especially like in terms of the spoilers, be sure to tweet at the podcast Twitter account at StormConnectEN and your question, and it may be answered on that episode. If you're listening to the show on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave out a five-star rating if you really enjoyed this podcast. Hit up the Storm Connect Twitter account or other platforms this podcast is on for feedback on the show and such. And just hope we get to see more of your guys' support for the stuff that I'm putting out for Royal and Crunch is putting out for uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. So, yeah, this is Edo Ninja, and I'll see you guys next Wednesday.